0: Sitting here, gathering my thoughts. Next Wednesday, I'm going to be at Upstate Warrior Solutions again. We'll be doing the show there. If you are a first responder, all of them, all, all of you guys wearing badges, all you ladies wearing badges—I don't care who it's for—come have lunch on me. Curt, uh, very, very, very nicely provided by Ingalls Markets. They're bringing lunch again. It was, it was, it was decimated last time. Come see me at Upstate Warrior Solutions, veterans, all of you. Take time. Wednesday. Be at Upstate Warrior Solutions at noon time. And then I'm going to be there and I'm going to be pointing you to the lunch line. Get your chow and sit down and hang out with a bunch of veterans and first responders and be in an area of like minded people, the best environment for people like us to be in. 770 Pelham Road. Wednesday, noon. Put it down. Write it down. So, here we are. The U.S. doesn't really have any leadership at all, do they? And uh, the United Nations, of course, that means they don't have any leadership either because we were basically the U.N. Joe Biden is always good to sound like the idiot that he is, praising their leadership instead of American leadership for lifting a billion people out of poverty. You know, that kind of thing. But then you have Ukraine's Vladimir Zelensky, who's there passing the hat. And after he's, you know, he pleads with the world for war aid and support for his invaded country, while he's still standing there at the lectern, he then shifts from this to, you know, he's in a real combat or situation right now. Shifts from this to declare global warming the world's most pressing problem. <laughs> And the big prize for jackassery goes to Colombia's far-left anti-American president, Gustavo Petro, a close ally of the late, unlamented Hugo Chavez. And he threatened to ship illegals to the States, a country that, without irony, he compared to Nazi Germany. Then he berated us with a string of false claims about U.S. treatment of illegal aliens, whipping out the race card for good measure. You know, the only card he needs to whip out is, you know, we, we whip out a bunch of debit cards. We give these guys a lot of money. But here we have this crude satire of one of the third world confusion and resentment nominal intellectuals straight out of, you know, whatever novel you want to look at. According to the Washington Examiner, Colombian President Gustavo Petro predicted that billions of people will defy armies to migrate to the United States and other Western democracies, which he had previously likened to Nazi Germany. Billions of people will defy armies and will change the earth to do this, he told the United Nations General Assembly. The exodus across the borders has increased. They have set the dogs and the hounds on the immigrants. They put people on horses to pursue them with whips in their hands and stocks and chains. They have built prisons. That explains why they keep coming, doesn't it, Gustavo? You know, I sit back and I look at these guys that are supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be world leaders, national leaders. I look at them and I look at some of the nonsense they say and I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> then he pulled out the uh, the race card. Prisons have been built at sea that, so that these women and men cannot tread the earth of the white people who still believe themselves to be the superior race. They're nostalgic for this and through their choices and elections they revived the leader who said so, the leader who said so and who killed millions as a result. You know, this is one of those things where you get there and you're looking around and you're looking at the audience. You want to look at the audience and see what they what their reaction to this is. Because this is one of these nonsensical things they say without bringing any proof at all to it. And the reason they don't bring any proof about it is because none exists. So how do you unpack, unpack all of this? So let's start with the lie that we're actually trying to keep the uh, the immigrants out because we could do that. We know how to do that. You know what else we should do, Gustavo? What we should do is we should go get every one of these people that have come here to this country illegally and round them up and take them to the border and then take them, you know, do like, do like Eisenhower did. Do like Eisenhower did. And this has nothing to do with Hispanics. Let's be clear about this. Hispanics who become American citizens are more loyal and patriotic to this country than a lot of us that are born here. Because they appreciate the country for what it is. They appreciate the freedom and the opportunity. So anybody that comes here, I don't have any problem with. But if you're going to be a punk and get out here and talk about what we're doing, maybe we should do it and show you what that would look like. That would mean we'd have to go to Staten Island and round those guys up too. But I mean, they all have to. This is the thing. We've gotten to the point now to where they got to go. Sorry. Sorry if you're an illegal immigrant and you hear this and you're thinking, oh my God, he's a tyrant. Yep, I guess so. Because there's laws in place that say you can't come. And they've tried, you know, they've been wanting to for years and they've never managed to do it because it's always such a good campaign issue. They're never going to do anything about it. Right now, the Biden administration is employing catch and release and letting all the comers into the country with some of the highest numbers ever seen. Since he's been here, 6 million, 6 million, more than the entire. What's the population of South Carolina? Is it 6 million? If the Border Patrol was using whips, well, that would be one thing. But why do they keep coming if that's the case? Why do they keep coming if that's the case? And he's not repeating it for the record. Rousing the other anti-Americans of his ilk, even as he encourages others to try to come to us. And he knows what this is. This weakens the country. He knows it weakens the country. So, who says this isn't an invasion? He wants it to be an invasion. He's he's, he's really pushing it. He's pushing it hard. Now, on the text line, I get this. And listen, I'm you know i going to be gentle about this, okay? Every, na- every race has a nation. Why can't Caucasians have one? Well, go to the Nordic nations there. That's pretty homogenous out there. Okay. It's, it's not about race. Has nothing at all to do with race. At all. At all. I've, I've served and know too many people to sit out there and, and, and start separating them by race. His use of the race card was pretty amazing, given that his, he's a lily white guy himself. <laughs> and he's got his nice blue eyes, and he's, he says he's Italian. He's one of the white people that he warns us about, a pampered elitist and a hypocrite. But he's letting the cat out of the bag that the migrant movements are intentional and being exploited by the socialists here and there. On their side and on our side of the border. Anybody bringing that up right now <clears throat> at the UN? Now, what they want him to do is they want the US to pay for global warming. He wants the greeny cash because they destroyed the top export industry in Colombia, oil, in the name of going green. And uh, their, ma- their major uh, money movers. It's not windmills now, it's cocaine. They sense the weak government leadership. And like the jackals that they are, they're circling right now. Colombia has become a miserable place since he took over. And they're changing net migration from nearly zero during the time of Alvaro Uribe to tens of thousands fleeing the socialism of his country. So, I guess it's too much to ask of Joe Biden. So, Petro's hitting out on the country he hates. And he claims the credit for the mobs of humanity trying to escape his country, trying to get in. It's, you know, it's astonishing to sit back and look at it, take it in for what it is. But by the same token, by the same token, as I sit there and look at this cat, I don't know what I expect. This is a socialist you know, this is why, the, this is why Cuba, Cuba had the Mariel boatlift. It's easier to get let the dissidents go and to mix in the criminals with the dissidents than it is to, uh, to actually do something about them. And getting rid of the criminals cleanses them for a minute. Long enough, anyway. When we get back, this is the part of the problem that bothers me the most because the United States has become a joke. This is News Talk 98.9 W.O.R.D. Now, see, this song is a really good example. I believe this is Midnight Oil. Is this Midnight Oil, Wildcard? Yes. Now, see, when you... You know that you're a rock star when the lead singer of Midnight Oil. They probably thought of him as a, as a sexy, sexy, sexy sort of dude. But then when you look at him, you're like, really? <laughs> but he's definitely not the kind of dude that would want to go into a restroom where there were some ant flow dispensers. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Um Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and my podcasts, plural, all three of them. They are available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. You know, the other day, we mislaid a uh, (laughs) F-35. As we attempt to reduce ourselves from being the greatest superpower in human history to the punchline that we are, the magic of leftism. Only that can take a great country like America and make it ridiculous. We don't defend the borders. We don't prosecute criminals unless you're in, you know, unless you were there sitting there with a quasar camcorder on January 6th, 2020, 20, 2021, I'm sorry. We become the three stooges without the dignity that Mo brought to it. Now I'm not, you know, I, I would love to know, as an example about the f-35 why did the guy punch out because if the aircraft continues to fly obviously there's not a reason to punch out because uh if you were to ask most jet pilots and i've you know i've never walked up to one said hey you jet pilot you know i've never had that conversation but i would presume that it probably is somewhat traumatic to punch out of an aircraft when it's moving So I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the odds here, and I'm going to say it was due to gross incompetence. And maybe the plane didn't like the pronouns being used. And the Marine Corps High Command had to pull themselves away from the drag shows, and uh, they had to go looking for the wayward fighter. They didn't even know how to spin this and say, this is why this costs $100 million. This is, we, we can't find it. This is how sound the stealth technology is now, but it turns out, you know, the the real deal is they can't keep track of the jets. And the only one that's happy about this had to be the Navy and the army, because, you know, right now in the army, they're running sex kennels, be all you can be which now it's become the services, each service. Now their new motto is we suck less than the other service that lost the jet. They can use that now. (laughs) And then the people's house. If you go inside the people's house, I guess you get sent to jail. And we don't have to know the names of the Republicans. They're all Charlie Brown and they're all, you know, getting ready to kick the ball that the Democrat Lucies are teeing up once again, which will be snatched out of the way once more time. Instead of taking the last year to plot out a course of action on this whole debt sailing thing, uh, they just they're just they're infighting. Every time in the Senate, when our minority leader steps up there, he vapor locks. He, he locks up like a Windows blue screen. And everybody says, you know, it's perfectly, perfectly normal for Matt Mitch, you know, cocaine Mitch to be sitting there and rebooting every time someone puts a mic in front of his face. Then we've got Fetterman. I mean, Chumley. Chumley's changed the whole dress code there. We have a president that sounds like English is a second language and he came in here and got a D. And, uh, you know, the vice president, if she's not cackling, we wouldn't hear from her at all. They've had to devise the short stairs for Biden so he has less of an opportunity to trip going up them to get on Air Force One, which so far they have managed do not lose Air Force One, thank God. They're looking at the high gas prices saying, we have to do something to do something for the economy. I know what we'll do. We'll stop domestic oil production. We'll, we'll ban domestic oil leases. We'll make gas cheaper by making less of it. <laughs> They got out there and said, hey, Iran, that six bill we've been sitting on that you own and everything, we'll let it go as long as you don't use it to spend it on. You know, you can use this on, on humanitarian things and on nice things and maybe put some ant flow dispensers in your men's room. But, hey, you don't get to spend it on state-sponsored terror. And, of course, you know, the mullahs in Iran just said, really? We'll spend it on what we like. And... Uh, Right now, this, this is how incompetent this is. Now, remember, they have a blue constituency in the big cities. They have alienated them because they threw open the borders to every third world transient who could manage to pay off the cartel for a ticket north. So, and the, the plan going forward, as we, as we advance into this next election, is just to charge the guy that he's probably going to have to run against to retain the presidency. We're going to charge him with crimes that no one has ever charged anyone with before. And for all of you that get out there and say, well, they'll turn to the military on this. I say, what? okay. They can't find their planes. The new woke pilots can't fly them because they're all dressed like Ethel Merman. The army's out there playing doggy doggy boy. We used to have some moral leverage over the rest of the world, but that's been squandered too. And when you've got a bunch of tin pot dispots and banana republics looking out there saying, wow, America looks like a banana republic. This is bad. This is bad. And, uh, you know, if you want to participate in this supposed democracy that makes you hitler only a million times worse than hitler remember those mean tweets and then there's a primary this is the most unimpressive group tim scott he's bragging about how he's a hot girlfriend at another school mike pence you know he wants to ban dancing and kevin bacon isn't there to show him the error of his ways and of course we do have the lauren bobert beetlejuice scandal to contend with oh my god which the big scandal here is that there's a musical called beetlejuice and and you know when 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 i got out of the military when i came back home when i came back home from europe after three years in europe which were three great years i mean roland roberts sammy williams uh Tomlinson, Kevin uh, Holcomb, all you guys, uh, all you guys that I served with, we were we were kings on the battlefield. Is it too much to ask for to live in an America that doesn't suck after our sacrifice for the country? That's all I got to ask. That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. The uh, the House majority, they seem to be in this position where they want to just destroy themselves. Yeah. This is News Talk ninety eight nine WORD. You know, you try it, it's never the same way. Computers are our friends, right? Push the buttons, they do it. Yeah, yeah. Not happening. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm using out loud right here, thinking out loud. That's that's just all there is to it. Some people would describe this as somewhat distracted or possibly a madman. Anyway, the GS Plumbing Talk Line is one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. Common sense retirement planning text line is seven one three zero seven. I am streaming live on the W O R D Facebook page. If that's your cup of tea. And for those of you that are into podcasts, well, I got a few for you. Gun owner's news hour, lock and load, and straight talk all available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. So 2024 is looming and everything is in the balance right now. And what's the Republican party doing? Are we getting out there and showing ourselves to be a bunch of leaders that are, have a firm grasp of all the issues and ready to take on a vulnerable, aging, and unpopular incumbent president? No, we're not doing that. You know, Joe Biden took himself and hung himself on a hook like a big, bloody chunk of meat. Ripe for political attack. I mean, he's, he just, he's just completely incompetent. And his vice president is equally incompetent. We just watched tu- Tuberville when what on its face looks like this very minor skirmish between him and Schumer, but he made Schumer toe the line from the minority side regarding all these generals. They, they all deserve to be promoted. Let's promote them all now. What are their names? Oh, I don't know. Let's just promote them anyway. What do they do? I don't know. Let's just promote them anyway. Right now in the House, though, the Republicans are busy fighting amongst themselves, squandering a razor-thin House majority, as they pursue matters that has nothing to do with the issues of their constituents. I hate to tell you guys this. I'm not a political consultant by any stretch of the imagination. This is a stupid thing to do. Where are the adults? You know, say what you want to say about Gingrich. Gingrich brought the house together in 1994, he was the architect of that. He put it together. And, uh, you know, part of the blame here can be that, you know, when you look at Republicans, okay, they're, they're independent and they're diverse. That's, you know, uh, but it's all—it's the greatest strength and it's the biggest weakness. Now, the Democrats are uniform. They, they You know, it doesn't matter what they think individually. They're going to toe the line for the greater good. I mean, they're out there, they're letting Shrek dress however he wants to dress, and they're letting him preside over the Senate in a hoodie, and they're united on that, and they'll just say, well, I'll wear a suit, you can wear what you like there, Senator, Senator Shrek. Uniformity is not something the GOP manages to do, and they need to learn how to do this. They need, need to know how to coalesce, get one mission, get out there, prosecute it hard, and, and move to the next thing. You have to have a certain level of internal party discipline in order to make this particular little experiment work, guys. And absent this, you're just a bunch of squabbling kids. You subject yourself to significant friction that isn't, you you splinter the party. All of this unforced, by the way. In 94, they got out there and they, they had a very diverse group and senior members, including moderates who labored for years in the minority. And then six dozen Republican freshmen came in and turned them into the big dogs. It was Gingrich, Majority Leader Dick Army, and Majority Whip Tom DeLay. And they had to, you know, they had to get out there and they had to lead. They had to get, you know, do away with the squabbles, and they had to, they, they had to do away with the fractions. and they had to do with away with the factions, and and all the little 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 minor cabals that were in there. They had to do away with all of that and become one Republican Party. And the way they did it was to instill this loyalty into them because they were given the majority. And so they were expected to use the majority. This was the vehicle by which they were going to wield power. This did not trump, you know, the commitment to the constituents, but this was fidelity. This was common mission. And they understood that not everybody was going to get everything they wanted and, they, uh, uh, and they, they understood that they were going to have to do things that maybe they didn't like to do from time to time. But they also knew that they would have to do this in order to move things forward because it took a very long time to get here. And America doesn't have the stomach to get the sudden change that, you know, some sort of revolution would bring part. So, and we got the first balanced budget in more than three decades. What do we have now where well, we have a range of issues on the minds of voters? It would, It's drawn straight from a list of reasons to vote for a Republican. High energy costs, immigration crisis, culture in decline, Second Amendment under constant attack, a military that loses jets. And rather than getting out there and giving a clear and consistent solution, they're fixated on Hunter Biden, and they're arguing over a no-win government shutdown. And they're even proposing to expunge actions undertaken against Trump by a previous Congress. What does that matter? What does that matter? Going after anything like Hunter Biden today, okay? And I know everybody's going to, you're going to howl over this, but listen to what I'm telling you. It's going to go nowhere. It is a waste of time. It would be better to put some things together right now lay the groundwork for what they're going to do, get out and articulate to the voters of the United States what they're going to do. Go over there and get with Mitch McConnell, and slap him a few times to wake him up, and then get with him to figure out what they would do together, or at least with the, you know, the quote-unquote leadership of the Republican side of the Senate, and then get out there and press that hard and get behind whoever is the nominee, no matter how much you dislike him. We've got to get away from this ADHD style of governance. This is not governance. This is simply constant fits and tantrums and, you know, getting out there and calling the speaker a lying dog and looking at the majority and calling it a clown show. That doesn't do anything. Over there on the other side, the the Democrats are like, yeah, we'll be getting this back soon because they're not doing anything with it. If you, you've got to think about the long game. The long game has nothing to do with Hunter Biden okay, when there is majorities and everything is held, if you want to go out there and press it, yes, go press it, do it fast, and move on to the next thing, and try to do multiple things at one time. It's not about the talking points. The mainstream media is never going to like you. Go ahead and make them mad, and see what happens then. If you perform, you'll get relayed. That's i never a guy that You know, I wish. What's your name again? He. I don't know. I don't recall. I don't recall. I know what it is. All right. I have absolutely no doubt in my former military mind that being the uh, Attorney General of the United States is a big job, but, you know, if you get picked to do it, you're expected to do it, right? The uh, GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and podcasts, all the podcasts, every show I have now exclusively at the Odyssey website and the Odyssey app, Straight Talk, Lock and Load, Gun Owners News Hour, go check those out as well. Whoever holds a position needs to know what's going on below him in the chain of leadership, in the vast bureaucracy of the Department of Justice. Now, you're not going to know what everybody's doing, but you're going to have major, you know, major milestones here and there where you probably want to know what's going on. Plus, you're going to want to know why you do certain things. (laughs) And uh, Garland got out there and, uh, well, he was asked by uh, Mike Johnson, he says, have you ever had personal contact with anyone at FBI headquarters about the Hunter Biden investigation? And Garland, who is a stammering man at Bose, uh, on his best day, he goes, Oh, I don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question. So Johnson says, I'm sorry you don't recollect whether you've talked with anybody at FBI headquarters about an investigation into the president's son. I don't believe that I did. <laughs> now Johnson also asked Garland, who Weiss spoke with, as he testified he did previously before the U.S. Senate, about getting the necessary authority to bring the charges against Hunter Biden in another judicial district without needing the partnership of an additional U.S. attorney. So then we have this, uh, you know, the, the standard answer where, I'm not going to get into the internal deliberations of the department. So now Garland's testimony is, I'm not going to tell you. Which, this is why I'm not in the House of Representatives, because if I was in the House of Representatives, I'd be looking at Jim Jordan, I'd be like, let me be on the oversight committee, please, sir, please let me be on the oversight committee. Because I'd be asking this guy right now, I'd be like, do you not believe that we have oversight over you, sir? And I would have a cricket bat, I'd be tapping that on the side of lectern as I'm talking, do you not believe that's our top, tap, tap, tap? Because we have oversight over you, sir. And you didn't bring any Ephraim Zimbalist juniors with you today. And then Garland began this little mantra. I promised the Senate that I would not interfere with Mr. Weiss. I do not intend to discuss internal justice department deliberations, whether or not I had them. Which, you know, this, at this point now, we're wasting our time just talking to the guy because we can just presume a whole lot of things are true. Now, this guy kept trying to get answers. And he pointed out uh, what certain FBI f- officials had said to them about things that were going on then. So Garland says, I'm not aware, but that's not true. Now, when you don't know anything, that means you can't really tell whether something true is true or not because you don't know. But he just said, I don't know, but no, that's not true. So then He asked about Garland's denial of the claims meant, you know, whether they'd lie to Congress over uh, under oath. And he said, I didn't say that. This is like one of those looney tins. Now, while we're sitting here. And uh, we're looking at all of this nonsense coming out of Garland and everything. There's a few things we do know about Garland and his DOJ, whether he wants to answer them or not. He has weaponized the DOJ against the American people. He has, well, on on the one hand, we can't figure out how the cocaine got into the White House. But we can go out and find every dude that was in D.C. on January the 6th find out what the code is to his gun safe, and then go raid his house to some, you know, a couple of years after the fact. We have enough details about that person to be able to do those kinds of things, but we can't with all of the video that's available in the White House. There was not an angle available showing how the cocaine got there, but the other day, we saw Lauren Boebert getting groped in a theater while she was in the Beetlejuice, you know, attending the Beetlejuice musical. This is what... We're supposed to be sitting back and going, hmm, this all makes perfectly good sense to me. Government has failed us. This government has failed us. We need to dispose of them and start fresh. And it's going to be a hard, rocky road. And it's not going to be fast. And it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. And it's not going to happen with one president. But we've got to start somewhere. So please, let's get ready to begin. Back here again in about 22 hours, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.